Israel has launched its Gaza offensive against the militant group Hamas following their assault on Israel nearly one month ago. So what is Hamas and who is financing them? I'm Veronica Dudo. Let's find out. This is In America Today from the Ticker News Studios in New York City. Hello and welcome. Coming up, Apple is introducing new computers along with three new chips to power them. Plus, Samsung Electronics says it will continue to cut production to ease a chip supply surplus. But first... The horrific attacks that Hamas terrorists carried out on October 7th against civilians in Israel shocked the world. The United States has expressed its unconditional support to the people of Israel during this time. The violence used in the attacks raises questions about the history, motivations, and future of Hamas, a group that has been designated a terrorist organization by the United States, the European Union, and several other nations. For more, let's bring in David Luna, the executive director of the International Coalition Against Illicit Economies. David, thank you so much for your time today. Yeah, good to be with you, Veronica. Now, the Palestinian militant group Hamas launched a devastating assault on Israel, thrusting the nationalist movement firmly into the global spotlight. So let's begin first with what is Hamas? So Hamas is an Islamic resistant uh, movement um, that really um, emerged from the Egyptian Brotherhood um, uh, back in the day, um, about a decade ago. Um, It is, as you noted, it is a terrorist, uh, a designated terrorist group by the U.S., by the EU and others um, for its its really barbaric violence, as we saw on October 7th. Um, it is committed uh, with with other Iranian-backed proxies to uh, for its destruction of Israel as a country. Now, who likely funds and trains Hamas? Well, I mean, the the, the sources of funding for Hamas um, really uh, constitutes an array of uh, licit and illicit activities. First and foremost, Hamas has been uh, able to raise uh, money through uh, various donors, uh, various charities over the years, uh, because it does, um, you know, uh, control uh, Gaza. It is able to tax and extort uh, the people of, of, of Gaza for additional revenue. Um, of course, um, uh, Iran has been the biggest uh, benefactor for Hamas and, and other terrorist groups in the Middle East. Um, Iran has, um, according to some reports, has been funding Hamas at about you know seven to a million dollars a year. And that's not only the revenue, it's, it's also providing uh, weapons, um, including uh, missile technology and uh, providing technical support in terms of training, in, ter- in terms of how to conduct itself in some of the uh, terrorist um, operations that it did again on October um, the 7th. Um, and of course, there's uh, other sources as well. Um, and, you know, lately, since the, um, the counteroffensive started um, in Israel, they have been uh, resorting to uh, social media and trying to um, crowdsource 
uh, through through currents through various currencies, including cryptocurrency. Um, so there, there's many funding streams that Hamas has over the years um, been able to to fund itself, and and again, including through um, uh, various investments um, in real estate and and, and other sectors uh, across the Middle East, including. Uh, the the UAE, um, Saudi Arabia, Lebanon, um, Syria, and, and, and other countries. What role does Iran have in all of this, and what is the outcome they're looking for? Yeah, uh, I, Iran is committed to destabilize uh, the Middle East um, from a geopolitical prism. It's to undermine uh, the United States' influence in the region. It is to destroy Israel as well, um, and to um, undermine as well uh, the Abraham Accords uh, that Israel has signed um, in the past with Bahrain, uh, the UAE, and there were ongoing negotiations uh, with Saudi Arabia. So Iran, through its um, oil for terror um, streams, have been funding groups like Hamas, like Hezbollah. Um, and other um, Islamic um, terrorist groups in the region uh, for for many many years, and of course, such um, illicit wealth um, provides the financial withdrawal for for Hamas and, and other groups to really conduct and engage in the terrorist campaigns in Israel and in other parts of the Middle East. How likely is it that this conflict would erupt into neighboring states in the Middle East, or has it already? Yeah, that's a concern by the United States. It's a concern by Israel and, and, and many um, Arab partners um, in the Middle East. In fact, um, it has, uh, there's been some skir skirmishes up north, um, on, on, you know, along the northern border of, of Israel uh, with Lebanon, with um, Hezbollah firing rockets and conducting some activities as well, um, as well as, as um, in Yemen, where we had the, the Houthis uh, fire various missiles aimed at Israel and um, U.S. armed forces that are um, around, um, the, the, around the Middle East and Israel. So um, in some ways, um, you know, the, the conflict has started to expand beyond the proper borders of Israel. What forms of illicit financing are at work to destroy Israel while exploiting Palestinian civilians? Well, I mentioned um, some forms of um, illicit finance um, that um, Iran um, has supported um, through the oil for terror activities. Um, um, and, and this constitutes billions and billions of dollars for uh, Iran has helped um, countries like Syria and Russia evade sanctions uh, for for cash essentially and uh, but um, with respect to criminality and illicit trade um, Hamas Hezbollah have been quite um, prolific um, in uh, raising uh, revenue um, in different parts of the world through um, counterfeiting, uh, whether it's um, illicit cigarettes, uh, whether it's captagon, uh, whether it's illicit medicines, um, the illicit uh, trade, the illegal economy globally just uh, generates billions of dollars, which 
terrorist groups like Hamas and, ha and Hezbollah have been um, quite active in, in financing some other terrorists, some infrastructure and operations um, through um, black markets and, and, and criminality. Um, corruption, of course, um, as, as I mentioned earlier, they do extort um, and, and tax uh, various um, uh, commodities, commodities and goods that are that were entering um, Gaza uh, through the various tunnels um, and even uh, humanitarian assistance. They've been um, quite acting and not only misappropriating some of the funds, but um, embezzling some of the commodities that have been provided by the international donor community. David Luna, thanks so much for your time today. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Veronica. Apple is introducing new MacBook Pro and iMac computers along with three new chips to power them. The tech company says it has also redesigned its graphics processing units. Apple has unveiled new laptops and doubled down on its own in-house chips. At an event Monday in California, the tech giant showed off a range of new MacBook and iMac computers. It also has a new family of chips, dubbed M3, to power the devices. The silicon features upgraded graphics processing abilities, a move that takes the fight to NVIDIA, which dominates the market for graphics chips. Apple chief executive Tim Cook had big claims to make. They're the most advanced chips ever created for a personal computer, taking the best pro laptops in the world and making them even better. Apple has seen its laptop business boom since 2020, when it parted ways with Intel and started making its own chips. Industry analysts IDC say the firm has roughly doubled its market share. The new chips use designs from ARM Holdings and outperform machines using Microsoft's Windows on some tasks. Cook says no one can rival Apple's ability to design hardware, software and chips in-house. This deep integration is something only Apple can deliver. And we never stop innovating. Apple did not say which firm is making its new chips, but analysts say it's likely to be Taiwan giant TSMC. Samsung Electronics says it will continue to cut production to ease a chip supply surplus. The company says it's now gearing up for 2024 when it expects industry-wide investment and production to focus on high-end chips for generative artificial intelligence. Samsung sees signs of a turnaround for the computer chips market. On Tuesday, the South Korean tech giant posted a big jump in quarterly earnings. They hit almost $1.8 billion over the July to September quarter, close to four times the number in the previous period. Losses in the chip division also fell as it focused on high-end products and cut output of older models. Looking forward, Samsung said the boom in artificial intelligence systems should boost demand for advanced semiconductors next year. Analysts say makers of consumer gadgets have also now worked through their stockpiles of chips, meaning they have to start buying again. Some memory chip prices are already recovering as a result, bouncing back from what has been a severe downturn in the market. 
Samsung also expects PC and mobile demand to pick up. Its smartphone unit saw sales rise on the year, partly thanks to the launch of premium folding handsets. The bullish outlook follows a similar forecast last week from crosstown rival SK Hynix, which also credited the AI boom. Samsung shares rose around 0.7% in early trade following the earnings report, but later fell back. They're up by more than a fifth this year, as investors look forward to a chip market rebound. Thanks so much for watching In America Today. I'm Veronica Dudo. For more, head to tickernews.co. I'll see you soon. More right after this.